The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and to you. We are loaded up today. We'll spend plenty of time talking uh, some Huskers, baseball and football, oh my, with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch will be with us in about uh, 20 minutes or so. The just monster clash at Southwest tonight for girls basketball. Number four, Lincoln Southwest. Number two, Lincoln High. And uh, we'll talk with uh, head coach for Lincoln Southwest, Tim Berta. Uh, with us this first hour, Andy Markowski to talk some uh, basketball, some Husker women at five. And then a Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski with us in hour two. Numbers to get in can join us, 46637. 7646637768085865 Can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com and find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio and also at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So uh, that's the plan. Uh, plenty of thoughts here. We're getting we're inching closer and closer to uh, spring football, uh, a new offer out for Flores of, of Gretna, Oklahoma State, and Tim Rattay on him. That's a second Big 12 offer for a product just up the road in Gretna. Something to keep an eye on. That's potentially a future quarterback in D1. Uh, the news today about the former quarterback in Lincoln, that's Adrian Martinez. And we talk quite a bit about uh, all of our friends along the Hale Varsity and Heard at uh, Media Partnership, the platform, the podcasts that uh, Heard at has. Incredible. We're, we're blessed to be a part of it. Chick and Nick, uh, Nick Basho, uh, Greg Smith's podcast, the Straight Up Breakdown. Of course, Brandon Vogel, Aaron Sorensen, Jacob Padilla. I mean, the, the list goes on. Uh, uh, Derek Peterson. So it's awesome. And then to have athletes unfiltered a part of that podcast family really cool and uh adrian uh able to 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 drop his new pod uh the last 24 hours or so there was a little bit of a tease last week but uh, a lot revealed elijah in adrian's podcast the uh full extent of the jaw injury and reasons for leaving Nebraska, pretty interesting uh, for sure. And uh, let's uh, hear a little snippet from Adrian and the uh, the story of uh, what happened behind the scenes. 
So this is Adrian uh, post, uh, I should say, right after that, that shot he took to the jaw with uh, the Michigan State safety coming up. Here's Adrian with his Athletes Unfiltered podcast. My jaw then got displaced back and this way. So it was like, it was like this, it was back in my mouth. And we ran back um, to our locker room and I had to, <laughs> I had to go in and get an x-ray and there was some Michigan state like technician there and I had to fill out paperwork. I'm in my full like gear. And she's like, can you like, you know, write your name? Like, is this actually happening? Like I, we have a game, like I, I we need to go. This needs to happen fast. Um, she was in no rush, of course. So I fill out this paperwork and they get me on here and I have my pads on and they take the pictures and it's like, well, we don't, we can't really see anything. I'm like, oh, that's surprising. Um, <laughs> my shoulder pad was ba- debatably in the way of the x-ray. And I'm like, you know what? Like I need to get back out there. I, I feel like I've been in here for an hour and it turned out to be one possession, I think. Um, and so I run back out there and they're kind of like, are you, are you good to go? Like, are you feeling okay? And I'm like, honestly, not really, but let's, let's, go you know like let's rock let's make this happen um we have to win this game adrian martinez elijah we've been stuck at different spots in our life where maybe it's a maybe it's a railroad crossing on 33rd and Cornhusker. uh maybe it's uh at the checkout line at the grocery store maybe it's at the dmv Maybe you're trying to, to, to mail a package at customer service, whatever the case. But neither of us have been stuck in an x-ray room with a tech in the bowels of, of East Lansing. At least I don't think you have. No, I mean, the, the closest I can come is whenever you got like the doctor's appointment at four and you're in there like 345, you know, right on time. They get you in the room at four and the doctor doesn't even come and see you until five. And it's like, what are you even doing, man? Like, that's the closest I've been, but never in the middle of a football game. Can you believe what <laughs> how you feeling? My jaw is broken, I think. But let's go. Let's go. But I we've all been there, but just not in, in the moments of a, a waning first quarter. We've all experienced the I need you to go now. And quite honestly, most times it's it's my fault, like if I'm running late. Someone will be going four miles under the speed limit or 14 miles under the speed limit. And I don't just run into one. There, there's two. So both lanes are blocked. And it's my fault for not getting up earlier or, you know, being being more proactive with getting to where I need to go. But that was, that was a pretty good little anecdote uh, from Adrian after the, uh, the, the hit and – the ability to, to to get back on the field because it took him a while when he left. I remember watching the Michigan State with you guys back on the patio, uh-huh. and we're like, where's Adrian? Where's Adrian? And then he comes out, and the guy makes one of the most incredible get-out-of-danger runs, you know, ball on the turf to balance himself, and he's gone 50 yards. And that game is still like top three painful all time so okay we've, we've gotten the the lowdown on on note to self if you get hurt at michigan state 
you'll have to fill out paperwork. <laughs> uh, I, I think the uh, I think the most important or not the most important, the most impressive thing here is like if you know like whenever you get hurt playing sports, like the adrenaline rush is there for five ten minutes after the injury. But he was back in the locker for fifteen minutes, which means the adrenaline wore off from a broken jaw, and then he still goes back to the sideline and goes, "Yeah, get, get me back out." Like I went to the dentist this morning, and my mouth is still sore. Like I'm probably going to be on the uh, unlimited participation for board hopping your high school game tonight because my mouth is still so sore. And he's out there with a broken jaw. Like that's that's Warriors mentality right there. Well, let's let's talk uh, about uh, the dental situation. Situation when it came to Adrian and his jaw, there was uh, Nebraska doctors that consulted with people at the Mayo Click, very reputable. Also Vanderbilt, very reputable, to arrive at that ultimate decision. And the decision was to put a rubber band in his mouth and shut it. And they used that instead of wiring the jaw shut this kid did everything in his power to stay and play the process to to, for that rubber band instead of wiring the jaw shut six screws drilled into his gums so they could attach the rubber bands so check out the athletes unfiltered pod through herdat media with adrian and listen lidocaine screws drilled in just so they could have a rubber band in there and they had to drill between the teeth so they didn't hit the roots and then get it retightened every week he went out of his way to act normal and and do the podium sessions mondays after the game His jaw breakage displaced a bone, so his mouth still doesn't open or close the way it did pre-injury. What kind of ticked Adrian off was the confirmation. Scott Frost confirmed the break November 6th after the Ohio State loss. Felt comfortable saying that Adrian's got a busted-up jaw. Uh, They had a bye week after Ohio State. That timeline is where Adrian would be fully healed, but the full fusion of his jaw back into place taking five to six months. And he still has to to keep eyes on it to, to, to this moment in time. Gus Johnson mentioned it during the broadcast, and that was confirmed that, yeah, uh, the, the, the jaw was broken this season that bothered Adrian and you know Adrian's telling his experience in Lincoln and Elijah we get to the part of of uh Adrian deciding to 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 leave Nebraska and with his labrum tear it's a situation of listen uh with the injury good luck with the NFL because you're not going to be 100%, what's going to be best? The, the, the last part about the broken jaw is that, you know, family and friends had to hear from the broadcast that he had a broken jaw. But he wanted to be the one that, that told that story. You ever had a steak in a blender? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Simply put, no. 
he did. Uh, that's how he kept his weight on. Uh, God bless him. So we get to the part here of Nebraska. Why, why leave Nebraska? And he checked with some folks he trusted. He wanted perspective on his game, where and what he needed to improve upon. Got different opinions. And the thought was this, proving himself in a new space on a, in a different offense that can show some of his skills that maybe weren't being shown at Nebraska uh, was, was the impetus for, for moving on, uh, less to do with what Nebraska was doing or not doing. So I don't know that it was necessarily an instance of, well, we're going to go to the portal and good luck you know, winning your job back. Frost tried to convince him to stay. Frost publicly said before the season ended he hoped that the senior day against Iowa wasn't truly a, a senior day, but it was the, the best decision for Adrian, he feels, to go somewhere else. And I know we're spending time on the guy who's down at K-State and Nebraska's moved forward and Adrian's moved forward, but you don't really get necessarily that clear a look behind the curtain uh, from a, from a – player like Adrian that people love him and all the coaches we talked to are like look I know there were some turnover issues with him but man uh, he's a he's a pretty good quarterback he's a known quantity and you know we've talked I don't know how many times since the season's ended about you know what can Nebraska do to be better on the offensive line what can Nebraska do to uh, to get a, a better run game? What can Nebraska do to not be so quarterback dependent? And really, uh, the guy's a warrior, and it's been said a thousand times, and it'll be said a thousand times more with um, with what he he tried to give Nebraska, Elijah, and, and he embodied toughness. And listen, he, he didn't want it out there as an excuse or a reason and he didn't want to become a target either because he's uh, – well, we know how vicious the Big Ten is. Yeah, I mean, and, and we know. Like, I think we said it on this show whenever the season was ending that Adrian Martinez put it all on the line for Nebraska every single time he's out on the field. I know the wins didn't come. Uh, there were some turnovers at inopportune times. The wins didn't come. Uh, but Adrian did embody a Nebraska player in terms of – Laying it all on the line uh, for the uh, for the team on the side of the helmet, not on the the name on the back of the jersey. He he laid it all on the line for Nebraska. He loved Nebraska, and uh, I think fans wished that the Adrian Martinez era was different. That there were more wins, there was more that, success. Yes. That that's not all on Adrian. Uh, so I mean, that's why we're talking about him right here now is because uh, fans, for the most part, liked Adrian, appreciate what Adrian brought to the team, and just it, it wasn't right. It was uh you know uh, the old the old dating adage, right person, wrong time. It, it kind sure. of felt, kind of felt like that for Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, where he was a good quarterback, and uh, he, he did lay it all on the line for Nebraska, and it, it just didn't work out. And uh, I, I'm wishing him all the best at Kansas State. I, I hope he turns himself into an NFL prospect. I hope he goes on to find success because uh, I never had a problem with the effort that Adrian Martinez put in, both on and off the field. No, you said it perfect. There, it wasn't an effort thing. It wasn't a, a will to win thing. The wins just didn't come. It never matched up. But that's. That's kind of his legacy is, you know, had he had a little bit more help, had he been a little bit better himself, I mean, it could have been different because when you identify that that quarterback, I mean, this is the quarterback you 
kept and stuck with uh, over a Joe Burrow. This is the quarterback you kept and stuck with, even though uh, you looked at the McCaffrey era briefly during COVID. And this is a quarterback you wanted to keep and, and stay with you uh, going into a, a full fifth year. Uh, so there's there's that. But that's just a little snippet from Adrian Martinez, his podcast, uh, Athletes Unfiltered. And uh, we'll get some of Mitch Sherman's thoughts on this. It's interesting to, to see the feedback and, and response on Twitter and social media about uh, this podcast episode. But uh, good stuff from Herdad Media and, of course, uh, Adrian Martinez. We'll dive into some Husker baseball with Mitch Sherman and uh, thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. Tim Berta, head coach of the Southwest Girls, coming up in 20 minutes on Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll check in with Andy Markowski. Some thoughts on the Husker women. Monster win against Indiana last night. And uh, high school hoops on our mind. Uh, you have uh, number two versus number four in Class A girls ball tonight. We'll have the call for that on ESPN Lincoln. We welcome in Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how was the Super Bowl party? It was pretty low-key. I uh, got the food out of the way before the game. And, uh, you know, I was wishing for, wishing for a little bit of a different finish. But otherwise, uh, it, was pretty, it was four uh, entertaining quarters. You know, I think there's uh, that sentiment, Mitch, about um, just a different different final. You know, there's a lot of Nebraska fans hoping for, for Zach and, and Burrow and, of course, Stanley and, and uh, uh, Troy Walters and just, just not enough uh, O-line protection for Cincy uh, right after that 10-point that barrage, the first four minutes of the second half. But what are you going to remember most about the Super Bowl? It's tough. It's tough when Aaron Donald and Von Miller are coming at you as an offensive line. <laughs> <Just a> but, touch. <laughs> yeah, but but I do think yeah, since he, they know where they need to upgrade in the in the next six months or so. Um, uh, yeah, I'll remember. I, th- I mean, I think I'm going to remember it for the Rams as much as the Bengals. Um, you know, you remember the winner and and all through the playoffs, it was the Bengals story and and the great story with Joe Burrow and. And all of the, uh, you know, rekindling the LSU um, ties just two years after the championship and in uh, in college, and and of course the Zach Taylor element was was special for people around here. Um, the great comebacks and you know Evan McPherson with ice in his veins that was all great through the postseason. But 
at the end of it, I mean, it's for me, it's Cooper Cup and 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 Aaron Donald. Um, you know, those two are the best at what they do in the whole sport, and we saw it when when uh, you know the money was on the line at the end. Mitch, gonna switch gears and get your reaction to Adrian Martinez, his podcast, Athletes Unfiltered, and just how uh, how raw and real his latest episode is, not only with the job, but his, mm-hmm. uh, his reasonings for leaving Nebraska. I know both parties had moved on, but it's uh, it's been pretty newsworthy today uh, to have an athlete with that stage, and it's not new. I mean, athletes have shows or podcasts, and that's, that's kind of a new normal, but this was a really in-depth look behind the curtain uh, with Adrian's last season. Yeah, Adrian and, and Jeff, too, his co-host, they, um, you know, they're, this is different, I think, than a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the content that you see in this mm-hmm. NIL era now with, with players and, and um, athletes who have their own platforms. I mean, these guys, they're, they're putting out, you know, they're coming, they're coming for our jobs. I mean, these guys are, are really good at what they do. And, and putting putting out this stuff. And Adrian has a compelling story to tell, and he's a great storyteller. Um, you know, he, his, his future is, um, is wide open. And, you know, if he doesn't remain on the field in football, he's got all kinds of avenues that he can go off the field. And I think you can listen to that podcast. And it kept my attention for the whole hour plus, you know, in part because it was stuff that I wanted to hear. We haven't heard from Adrian since the, the Wisconsin game, since – um, that day when, when he walked off the field and, and um, had his arm around Brody Belt. You know, I wrote about that moment in the, in the days after the, um, the Wisconsin game. And so to hear him talk about that um, and what he was thinking, you know, it was just super compelling stuff. And then to also, I, I mean, I, if, if people haven't listened to it, um, it's, it's, um, it's really, really interesting. And to hear him, and I think people should hear it because you've watched him for four years. Uh, lay it on the line for Nebraska. And to just say, hey, we've all moved on, it's time to turn the page, without giving him the opportunity to, um, or without giving yourself the opportunity to hear what he has to say in, in that hour, um, I think that's, that's, I don't think that that's, I think it's a disservice to Adrian because of all that he sacrificed. To listen to him talk about the situation with his jaw against Michigan State and going back and getting the x-rays and you know, him remembering the details in the locker room that day. And, you know, he wore a mask that, that, that post game after the, um, after the, 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 the loss, the overtime loss. Otherwise everyone would have known um, what was going on. Cause his jaw was like twice the size that it should have been. Um, so it was, you know, it, it was kind of out there for us at the time, if we would have been a little bit more um, like detectives as, uh, as media in this state. But, you know, I think everybody knew that he was dealing with something and the jaw was certainly, um, you know, a, a possibility that was on the minds of people. But uh, to hear the decision that he had to make after that game and to talk about the Minnesota game down the road and, you know, the, the halftime against Wisconsin and, and his, his, uh, you know, his choice um, to leave in, in December – it's all really, really interesting stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I commend Adrian for, for all that he gave to Nebraska and then for going out and, and telling his story the way that he did in that, in that episode. 
Mitch, was, was there any part of the episode where you tried to, to read in between the lines on the relationship between Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez? I mean, it, it sounded like Adrian was, was pretty upset uh, that Scott Frost went and talked to the uh, the Fox crew before the Ohio State game and then in the uh, the Ohio State post game about Adrian's jaw. He kind of wanted that to be something that he would really say. Is, is there anything in that relationship that you that you heard in the podcast? Mitch, you got us? Mitch. Mitch Call may have dropped. I'll get okay. him back on the line. Well, let's let's get him back on the line. So we're spending some time here with Mitch Sherman from the Athletic and the dreaded cell phone call dropped. We'll get him back. We'll uh, get some Mitch's thoughts on Nebraska baseball. I uh, can always find us and stream us ESPNLincoln.com. And uh, dial up at 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. Mitch, going to bring you back in, but did you hear Elijah's question before the drop or no? No. I finished talking about Adrian, and and, uh, and then you guys were gone. No, I did not. Okay. Real quick, go ahead. I was just asking you about the, the relationship between Frost and Adrian. Was there anything in the podcast that you read in between the lines on that relationship from post-game against Ohio State to, to Adrian's uh, decision to, to depart Nebraska? Well, he talked about um, some of the tensions between uh, himself and, and Frost. Um, you know, I think that the overriding the overriding takeaway that I had about his relationship with Frost is that he leaves on good terms and, and that he has a lot of respect for, for Coach Frost and appreciates everything that he's done and that they're going to continue to be a part of each other's lives moving forward. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, there were strains on that, uh, and, and I think that was a, a factor. Um, he said that was a, that was a factor. Maybe, maybe not right out but you could read into what he said and 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 in in his comments and and understand that it was a that the, the, their relationship and just some of the twists and turns that it has taken were something of a factor in his decision to believe that it was best for both of them that that he move on um yes the the situation after the ohio state game um played into that and you know adrian was not ready at that moment to stand up there and talk about the jaw injury that had, had bothered him all season. And they had made it, they had come to an agreement after the Michigan state game um, that it would be kept quiet, you know, in part to, to protect Adrian so that he wasn't targeted um, in a, in a vulnerable area. Um, and then also just because that has been Scott Frost's policy, not to talk about injuries that, that were, uh, that were not season ending. So, he reversed course there at the podium, uh, Frost did, uh, after the Ohio State game, and I think in part because he knew that it got out on TV in that game uh, when Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt talked about it during the broadcast. But Adrian was caught off guard, and, and you know I think that's something that still sits with him now because it's not, he's not that far removed from it. I don't believe that it's going to uh, you know create a lifelong rift between the two of them, but you know you you, you coach. With you coach someone that long, you play for someone as long as as Adrian did, and go through all that they did together. There, there are going to be bumps in the road, and that was one of them. Mitch, uh, we'll wrap up some thoughts on Husker baseball. They open up the season uh, this Friday. Uh, Sam Houston uh, is uh, on the uh, the schedule here, and got a revamped rotation. Of course, Perry's going to get the nod. I know McCarvel's a 
transfer from from A and M. What what do you anticipate from the Nebraska pitching staff uh, based on what's back and what's new? What's a, what's a best case scenario? What's a what's a real scenario for all the guys on the hill this year for Nebraska? Well, remember if you go back to Will Bolt's playing years when Nebraska was at the peak of its baseball greatness. Um, never even in those years do you come out in February as the team that you're going to be in May. And especially with a group like this that's replacing so much of its top-end talent, you know, the outfield um, in particular and, and then on, on the mound. So, you know, there, there are going to be some, some, uh, some rough days probably here in February and into March. But the important thing is that, you know, you see their, their ceiling at times. I think they're going to play some good baseball because – They've been able to be outside for practice um, much more regularly than what you normally get in the winter in Lincoln. Um, and, and they're going to spend these first three weekends in Texas and work out some kinks. You know, there's, been, there's, a, there's a lot of expectations for this team coming off a conference championship and with how close they came to making a super regional. And, you know, I think sometimes people in Nebraska have a football mentality like every loss is a disaster. It's not in baseball. Sometimes losses help make you better down the road. That's why they play 50-some games. So um, I, w- I would be patient with this group. And, you know, when they get into the Big Ten season is when you can expect them uh, to get on a roll. About 60 seconds, What what is Rob Childress going to bring to Nebraska? What What is his – we know his role, but what, what is – what's it going to mean? How is it going to translate for, for these new kids? Well, we'll see. You know, I haven't – talked to Rob since he's been back. Um, I've talked very briefly um, to Will Bolt about it. And, you know, I, I know that Will um, says that, that Rob, when he's involved in something, he's all the way in. So um, he's bought in. I would expect um, in, in moments for this team where the pressure is on and, you know, they get into uh, the, the, the dog days of the season and, you know, you're facing a, a must-win Sunday um, or they get close to the postseason, that's when you're going to see Rob's influence come through because of all the experience that he has, having been in huge moments in the SEC and the Big 12. Um, you know, that'll rub off on the coaches, which will, which will ultimately rub off on the players. And, you know, I think that you'll see them have an opportunity to, to step up in the moment and be clutch. That's what it's going to take for Nebraska to repeat as Big Ten champs and, more importantly, um, to win enough to have a home regional and have a chance to advance in the postseason. And that's, that's where I think uh, Coach Childress's value comes in um, because he's been in those moments so often in his career. Mitch, awesome stuff. Thanks for the time today. We'll check in next week. Appreciate you. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! 
Coming up a few minutes with Andy Markowski. We'll check in, get his thoughts on the Husker women, some Husker basketball, Maryland. The turtle comes to town. We'll be down to the single barrel for that. Uh, girls basketball tonight at the Nest Southwest Lincoln High, number two versus number four. And uh, we welcome in uh, coach for Lincoln Southwest, Tim Berta, with us to preview the matchup and talk some girls basketball. Coach, thanks for the time. How you been? Uh, doing good, doing good. I was a little nervous after I saw the lineup sticking me between uh, Mitch Sherman and Andy Markowski. It's kind of like the third fiddle, but, uh, you know, that's how things go sometimes. Coach, you can play the fiddle, though, bud. You're good at that. Hey, thank you, sir. Okay, we'll talk walleye in a minute, but I'm in all seriousness, what a what a ball game tonight uh, with, uh, with Lincoln High coming in and Tell us uh, your team, a little bit about your team, Coach, and just specifically how you've, you've kept growing and, and getting better and better. At 16-4, and four, that's super impressive. And uh, you guys have been through a lot this year. Yeah, we continue to get healthy. Um, you know, and I still think we're playing. Uh, we haven't played our best basketball yet. If you think back to December, we did not have uh, McKenna Rathbun, did not have Alexa Goble, who are two kids that are uh, definitely in our rotation. They were coming back from injuries. We got McKenna uh, in in late December, and we got Goble in mid-January. Uh, we lose Taryn Lang at the end of December to a concussion. Um, so you take all those things into consideration, and uh, our kids have continued to grind things out and and just do a lot of little things right to give us chances to win games and uh, opportunities and things like that. So you know we have we have good guard play with with Kennedy Williams and leading our in the point and you know she's she's trying to keep up pace with mom in in the most wins in the household. So that's a, a battle of its own. But then you then we have an I Seymour. Uh, who's really been shooting the ball well lately. And then McKenna Rathbun, now that she is uh, fully healthy and back from injury, she's a kid that's going to go to Doan and play soccer, but really likes winning basketball games. So that's that's fun to have. Brinley Christensen is a kid that's um, really been a compete, you know, a competitor for us, uh, does a lot of little things that don't show up. And uh, Freddie Wallace has been our post that has been uh, striving to be as consistent as possible and continues to do things for us and uh, will need to. And then you throw uh, Alexa Goble in there coming off the bench. And Lizzie Leswing has been a pleasant surprise for us uh, and has shot the ball well lately. So, um, you know, our kids just like to compete and they like to defend. And you, you can you know, vouch for that for going back to the Central game that you guys did. Uh, they just like to compete and they like to play and, and make things hard for people. Tim Barrett is with us on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, head coach, uh, Lincoln Southwest Girls at 16-4 and four on the year. Lincoln High comes in. Coach, what a practice is like, and uh, how much fun is this group uh, being around? Uh, they're a blast. The, the, the best thing about coaching uh, in, in general is I have really good kids to work with. And our kids, our girls are going to try whatever we ask them to do. Now, if you would turn around and, and go back to last Tuesday, uh, they would probably beg to differ. We had one of our most competitive uh, practices that we had had since December. We had split our groups, and it was uh, lose, you run. And, and it was uh, we had kids uh, competing to the point uh, we had some blood, we had some sweat, we had some tears. Um, but – uh, I do think that competitive practice 
helped us get over the hump on on Friday when we went a double overtime game at East, uh, a game that you know we maybe could have won. We had the ball at the end of regulation and didn't, and then we were down five. Uh, they're shooting free throw. We're down five with under a minute to go, and uh, Kennedy bangs in a three, and they make one of two, and Anaya bangs in a three, and uh, all of a sudden we get a defensive stop, and we're going to another overtime. So, um, you know, I think that portion of of our practice last week carried us. You know, we'd went about two and a half weeks where we had been playing games because we missed some. Uh, we missed a weekend because of health protocols, so we had to find a place to put a Fremont game on a Tuesday and a Gretna game on a Tuesday. So we played six games in 12 days, and uh, Miller North kind of kind of run roughshod over us in the fourth quarter of that game, and and we let that one get away. So we kind of went back to the drawing board and said, let's just compete against each other. And then once we're done, we all flip back to the same color and put the same shirt on, and and, and now our Wednesday, Thursday practice was back to basics. And, and I think that was a portion of that. Now, if we can get that to be a carryover into today, that would be great because Lincoln high is, is so good. They're having the best year they've had in, in quite some time. Uh, Dominique has done such a good job with their kids and, and getting them to do the things that she wants them to do. And, and they really have some good players. Uh, I think Robinson, uh, Bree Robinson is a kid that really makes them go. Uh, and fun sto- side story with her is I taught her in fifth grade uh, when I was teaching up at Campbell, and she's just an awesome kid. But you throw her in, and Franklin leads them at about 15 a game, and and Robinson's about 12-ish, and, and Wiley comes off the bench in, in the 12 range. So they have a three-headed monster in the scoring, but they have a lot of other kids that do a lot of other things for them. And and they're they're hard because they want to be able to drive it at you and, and try and get the ball to the rim, and they're really good at chasing offensive rebounds. And, and they've put together a string of some really good games. They have two losses. You know, they got beat in the hack after a five-day break, and then – uh, Miller South beats them, who's you know undefeated and the best team in the state right now. Um, you know, but but Miller Nor or excuse me, Miller South, it, they were challenged by Lincoln High in the fourth quarter of that game. So that's probably the the closest game that a Lincoln team has played Miller South. So uh, Lincoln High went up to Fremont and got a win a week ago. So uh, you know they're riding high and and are looking for big things. So. We're going to do everything we can to try and slow things down as far as the momentum they have and, uh, you know, make it a basketball game where we control the tempo rather than them and, and we got to be able to rebound. And if we can do those two things, you know, then we have a game in the second half. And, and once you get to that point, who knows what could happen. Tim Barrett is with us, head coach, uh, Lincoln Southwest Girls. They host Lincoln High tonight. We'll have that coverage uh, around 7.20 on ESPN. Lincoln, excited to be back at the nest and also see what uh, Coach Dominique's done with Lincoln High. You mentioned that Fremont game, that comeback was incredible in that venue on the road by the, 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 the point differential. So two teams with a ton of momentum, Southwest and Lincoln High. Coach, about 30 seconds here. Uh, home court and momentum uh, students uh, and of course uh, the southwest uh, parents uh, pretty great atmosphere yeah uh, we're looking for it to be a, a fun atmosphere for our kids you know it's it, it's unfortunate because it's a covid 
second year where our girls are are playing at home and our boys are playing over at Lincoln High. But uh, I think our students are on board to to be there and make it a neat atmosphere for our kids. And uh, we have great parents, so it's been fun for them to to be able to enjoy the successes we had. And uh, hopefully we can do enough things to to give ourselves a chance tonight and then uh, ultimately – uh, you know, set yourself up for a, a good seat in the district tournament and eventually find a way to uh, be able to play at PBA at some point uh, here come uh, March. Jim Barretta, Coach, always appreciate you. Great, uh, great to spend a few minutes with you. Take care, and we'll see you tonight. Sounds good. Can't wait, Chris. Thank you. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Thanks to Tim Berta, head coach for Lincoln Southwest Girls. Previewing Lincoln High and Southwest tonight, uh, 720 pregame locally here on ESPN Lincoln. Eddie Markowski, Rick Kaczynski. Next hour, Boomer Esiason tomorrow. Excited to have and uh, get his take. He's uh, making a trip here for the ninth annual Team Jack Gala. Uh, and that's uh, he's the keynote speaker, so it's going to be cool to have Boomer back in the state of Nebraska. Reminder about buckling up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink, don't drive? A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Well, a guy that would be pretty fun to go on a road trip with for extended time, just think about going to Big Sky Country in Montana or taking a trip to the eastern seaboard or even heading on down to the bayou for some crawfish. Ed Orgeron made the rounds uh, with Super Bowl uh, Media Week uh, on a lot of TV shows, a lot of radio shows. Dan Patrick able to run down Coach O. Maybe you saw this, maybe you didn't, but the mother of all recruiting stories and let's set this up elijah it's it's the story of the the one that got away and uh, it was adrian peterson who broke your heart is there one that stands out oh adrian peterson oh man i love them i loved adrian oklahoma better offered a better package no, it, to him it, this this true story we go we go down to see adrian me and pete and uh his mother ran track at i think it was at houston wonderful lady and Adrian and I had a great relationship. He loved Pete Carroll, but I felt like he and I were very tight. One time he says, Coach, I went to school. He says, Coach, I want you to follow me. I couldn't, I couldn't drive with him. We went 30 miles. I said, I don't know where we're going. We stopped at this little country store, and he bought a gingerbread cookie. I couldn't buy it for him for supper. And then we went to a basketball game. And we sat, in the, sat in, the, in the gym, and I said, what are we doing? He said, you see that guard right there? I got to play him next week. Coach, come and scout him. How about that? <laughs> then he, I said, well, Adrian, what is the key to getting you here at USC? He says, Coach, well, Bob Stoops, my dad is incarcerated. Bob Stoops won't see him. Well, me and Pete Carroll tried to go get him. And to go see him, they wouldn't let us in. But Adrian said, Coach, my dad is be able to watch my games where he's at. Well, if I go to Oklahoma, 
I tried to get the guy transferred to Los Angeles. <laughs> Wait, you tried to get Adrian's dad? <laughs> yeah, I tried. <laughs> that is up there with hotel rooms and coaches spending the night on the couch and the old uh, dreaded state patrolman stalking out the county line or the state line between Georgia and South Carolina but I had never heard of a coach trying to get a prisoner transferred (laughs) from Oklahoma to California all in the name of handing off to Adrian Peterson hour two is on the way Eddie Markowski is next on Hale Varsity Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. That's the sound of joy. The Husker women take down Indiana last night, 72-55, the old water bottle trick. It's not quite the ninth green at nine trick. This is enjoyable. And Coach Williams uh, celebrating with uh, the Husker women as uh, the uh, Nebraska women's basketball team emphatic last night, a 17-0 run to give some breathing room in a tight ball game. We welcome in. Uh, Husker standout Andy Markowski with his assistant at the Pius Girls uh, basketball program as well, and uh, proud pop of Alexis Markowski as well. Andy, what a what a ball game! What a scene last night! How are you? Yeah, trying to recover. Certainly, uh, you know, emotional night. A great, you know, great uh, win for for the women, and uh, you know, win that really kind of cement. Uh, them as an NCAA tournament team. Uh, they needed another good resume win, and they got one last night. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you've seen, the progression with uh, the Husker women, Andy, as uh, you've been uh, you know, up close and, and personal to it this season, and uh, they have built, uh, they, they have won the games they're supposed to win, but they've also come through uh, with this core group of kids and some new faces, obviously, to take down some of the Big Ten giants. Tell me a little bit about uh, why you see the progression happening like it has this year for the Husker women. Well, they, they you know, got off to a great start, right? I mean, they were 13-0. They were mm-hmm. um, 
you know, had had played a lot of uh, players. Um, you know, everybody was contributing, and then and then COVID, you know, hit them after um, you know, kind of a, 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 a quite you know, kind of a, a start to the the league where they had a really tough schedule and lost a couple close games to to Iowa and Indiana and and um, you know to Michigan State there, and, and they really haven't played their best basketball since that 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 break. Um, you know, they had a couple of injuries in that stretch. And, and I thought last night they looked a little bit more uh, cohesive defensively. They were attached. They did a really nice job uh, with the scouting report. You know, they got production from, uh, you know, Izzy Bourne, Bella Cravens, the other two frontline players with Alexis. And then, you know, I thought Shelley and, and Haby, uh, you know, play like veteran guards. And then Allison Widener is, is doing a lot of good things as a freshman as well. So they, they had, you know, five players in double figures last night, and, and when they get that balance, I think they're going to be a hard team to to beat the remainder of the season and, and into the postseason. But uh, they still haven't, in my opinion, played their best basketball. There, there's times that two or three of them have good games, and then two or three of them aren't, aren't playing their best. Um, so hopefully, they can they can put it all together. And you know, their schedule gets a little easier here. They're at Penn State, and they got some winnable games at home. So. You know, I think they could win four, five, six in a row here going into the Big Ten tournament, uh, you know, which should, should make you feel good about yourself with the chance to make some noise in the postseason. Yeah, you, you mentioned some, some winnable games at home, and I was going to ask you about the, the struggles on the road. It doesn't seem like this team is the same team on the road as they are at home. So is there something different with how uh, PBA ha- has installed the rims? Is there something different with that this year? Can, can you explain what's going on between the, the home and road split for this Husker women's team this year? Yeah, I don't know if it's as much as Nebraska. It's just a really hard league to, mm-hmm. to win on the road. I mean, Michigan, you know, just lost two, um, you know, at Northwestern this past week. I mean, you saw Nebraska handle Indiana, you know, last night when Indiana's on the road. So I, I think it's a well-coached league. I, I think it's hard to, to go on the road and, and win. You've got to generate, you know, your, you have to play well. You've got to generate your own energy. Um, you know, and, and Nebraska, I think, lacked, you know, Maybe some, um, you know, cohesion uh, to that stretch. Uh, Shelley was out at Iowa, which I think affected their their energy and their opportunity to win some of those road games. But I, I don't think uh, – I think PBA is a special place. I, I think this group, uh, you know, loves to play at home and, and the energy that the fans have, have – you know, there's only been four to 4,500 fans there. Uh, but the people that are there want to be there, and, and, and the atmosphere has been fantastic. Hopefully, uh, you know that can continue the remainder of the year. But it's just a, it's a tough league, like it is in the men's side. And, and when you go on the road, you, you you have to play your best basketball if you want a chance to win. And you know Nebraska hasn't played their best, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why they've lost. But you know the teams that they've lost to on the road have have been you know top twenty five teams. So it's, it's not like those are easy venues to play. Eddie Markowski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, you mentioned the balance, uh, the, uh, the 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 five double-digit scores, uh, the defensive intensity, the ability to to shut down the three-point line, and also really own the paint. Two for twenty-three for Indiana uh, from three last night. Uh, I thought, what do you think this does? What do you think Nebraska does best right now? Is is they're moving towards playing their best basketball? And follow that also with, give me a crop report right now with with the Nebraska women from an NCAA uh, seeding standpoint, overall Big Ten, and, and of course, where you think Nebraska sits right now. Yeah, I think our strength, and, and you know, it, 
Early in the year, it was finesse. I mean, we were scoring 100 points in, in a lot of the non-conference games, just over, you know, overpowering some some non-conference opponents that weren't that good. But I think this team is has become a pretty physical team. Um, you know, I, I look at our front line. Um, you look at Jazz Shelley, you know, averaging seven or eight rebounds a game, leading the team in block shots. Sam Hybe is, is is a very physical. Uh, you know, driver, penetrator, defender. Um, you know, Allison Widener has come in and, and offered a level of pace and physicality. So I, I think last night the difference in the game was, uh, it, you know, you, you spoke to it on the stat sheet that we not only defended the three, but part of the reason why we defended the three is we, we guarded their, their, their ball screen really well, which, you know, took a level of physicality and togetherness. Uh, we, you know, we're out rebounding most teams in the Big Ten. I, I think we might be behind Michigan as all. Um, so that that has allowed us to, to be competitive in, in most games, and I think you carry that into the postseason, Chris. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, the fans are all caught up in not being ranked in the top 25, even though you're, you know, you're 18 and, and six and have a, uh, you know, two top 10 wins. But the, the NET, which is the measurement tool by the NCAA tournament, you know, we're we're in the top 20. You know, I think we're mid 30s for the RPI. So you know, that projects us anywhere from a six to an eight seed. You know, if you win four or five in a row here, you know, you, you potentially could sneak onto the five line. Uh, I, I don't think we can, can be in the top 16 uh, with women's basketball, that the top four seeds of each, you know, uh, region gets the host. I mean, that would be incredible. You would have to probably, you know, go on to a pretty good run at the Big Ten tournament. But, you know, I, I think anywhere from a six to, to eight or nine seed, and, you know, that gives you a chance to, to go and, and win a game and, and you know, from there it's, it comes out to matchups and, and different things to try to play the second weekend. But, you know, the, the Big Ten tournament uh, is going to be extremely challenging. Nebraska's looking anywhere from a from a five to a seven seed in the Big Ten tournament. So that tells you how difficult the league is when you potentially are going to get a higher seed in the NCAA tournament than you are in your own Big Ten tournament with, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Indiana, and Maryland all, all projected to be a, a, a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. Eddie Markowski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking uh, Husker women and uh, incredible win last night, uh, pretty dominant uh, against Indiana. Eddie, want to switch it over to the men, and did you get a chance to see much of, well, what took place in Iowa City? Yeah, I caught the good and the bad of the last two games, and, uh, you know, just, just highly, you know, obviously I felt good for the players, you know, last week getting a, a win, but... You know the lack of, of you know maturity or how you handle that and, and being able to take you know some of that momentum on the road uh, you know get dismantled by a you know a, a good Iowa team but not a great Iowa team you know for 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 them to uh, you know beat you uh, by thirty um, is certainly disappointing and and you know Iowa's becoming you know I used to not view them as a rival but the more they they beat us in sports I'm I'm starting to not. Uh, you know, enjoy that and, and then develop, you know, kind of that emotion towards or against Iowa. So to, to do that, uh, to, or to not play well against a, a team that you should be motivated to play is, is, you know, just disappointing. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, they have four or five more winnable games, I, I think, on their schedule in terms of bottom half of the league. But I, I just don't know what to expect out of this group. You and me both, man. I mean, it's not that I was expecting him to go win at Iowa. The line was 16, and it, it they were up. They started out well, and then it just the, – all the wheels fell off, and it was 42-10. to 10. There's a spurt, 
it wasn't Northwestern bad from an effort standpoint, but, man, you just had some guys that have played a lot of basketball just really, really force things. And they were so out of control, Andy, with, with Nebraska's turnovers and just some aloof passes and just some some tough shots. I mean, when, when it gets nitty-gritty time, Andy, they just kind of revert not, They revert back to some some bad habits, and that's, as Fred touched on, trying to get it all back at once. Yeah, and the, the offense has certainly been frustrating. And, and you know, sometimes young, young kids that are forcing, you know, you, you, um, you haven't had consistent point guard play. But I'm more alarmed that, you know, it's not easy to score 90 points in a basketball game. And, and, and we've given up, you know, 90, you know, half dozen times and, and, and have been embarrassed. I mean, I, I just, you know, as a player, I, I've lost by 20. I've lost by 30 before. It can happen. Um, but, you know, to give up almost 100 points uh, again, I, I'm more alarmed at, at just how easy, you know, teams move the basketball and, and make shots and, and us, you know, not have the ability to, to just have any any grit or offer any resistance defensively. That, I, I guess that's where I, I become the most frustrated because you, you know, just with some toughness and, and some effort, uh, you, you know, you should be able to get some stops whether or not you can – score every possession this you know this team obviously can't but but you should be able to string some stops in a row if, if you're playing hard and you know unfortunately this weekend they, they couldn't do that either Andy I want to go back to your talking points uh, with Iowa and the more Nebraska lives in the Big Ten the more it's it, it sucks to lose to those guys for Nebraska fans who did you dislike highly is how I'll phrase it in the old Big 12. And did you did you bridge Big 8 to Big 12 or were you just Big 12? Yeah, dude, I, I got a, a piece of both. I was Big 8 until 96 and, and then Big 12. Okay. And, you know, so the history of, of, of the Big 12, you know, the four Texas schools that came in, mm-hmm. we, we didn't have a lot of history. Obviously, you, you, you didn't like Texas. We had played Texas in the non-conference, but it was so early in, in that rivalry. You know, really, it, it was, you know, you hated Kansas because they kicked their ass all the time. Um, but, but the, you know, the real, you know, I always thought Missouri was, you know, with, with Norm Stewart and, and kind of that, that phase. I mean, Danny had kind of owned Norm through the, the early 90s and, and the, the Antlers, which, you know, if you ever want to have a bear sometime, I, I would love to tell people Antler stories that aren't appropriate on, on the phone. But uh, but um, that, that was probably the the one rivalry that, that, you know, got, got a little nasty. Um, and it's not a you know, football started to, to get a rivalry with Missouri a little bit uh, thereafter as well. But, but from a basketball standpoint, um, you know, Kansas state wasn't very good at the time and, and we could beat Kansas. So, so Missouri was a team that we were, you know, probably equal to during that stretch. And those were pretty, pretty fun games to be a part of. Well, and I imagine it probably burned norm to have cookie and, and Ty Lue two Mexico, Missouri kids beating him. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, you make a great point. That that added to that as well because, uh, you know, that was a rival or, or in Toronto Cookie knew a, a lot of guys on the Missouri roster, right? So that, that aided uh, a little bit of that competitiveness. But um, but those were the games that, that stood out a little a little bit more than others to me. Well, we will um, we will make it a podcast only. Sit down. And and I'm buying the beer, and we will we will hear all about the, them antlers. I know they 
uh, kidnaps probably too strong a word, but I think they abducted Little Red and maybe deflated him during the 97 Missouri game. I will, I will give them credit. They knew more about our team than we knew about it. So their research committee was very good. And their execution of, of, of uh, the, the things that they were doing, we, we landed, I don't know how saying we had, we, we landed, you know, Columbia Airport's about eight miles outside of town, and, and we landed on our charter and hop out, and there was about 50 bare butts staring at us on the fence line. Really? Uh, welcome us into Columbus, uh, Columbia, and then and then they proceeded to get their car and drive about five miles an hour, so it, it took us about an hour to get from the airport to our hotel as as they were, uh, you know, hugging the road, I would say. So it, it was every every time you went there, you knew it was going to be an event, but, you know, I think they got ultimately got kicked out of there in the late 90s. They were, they were that rowdy where the school actually had the had to remove them from from the arena they could no longer call themselves antlers so that that probably tells you that they went across the line a few times just a touch uh, we will i want we'll have to continue this andy uh, as far as the the antlers and their uh their reputation they they, they sound a lot like uh belushi's crew from the animal house they were just good at, <laughs> at being bad they, they took pride in their job. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Andy, uh, we'll get caught up again. Thanks for, for making time this week with us, and best to you guys at Pius this week as well. And we'll talk again soon. Take care, bud. All right. Thanks, fellas. Take care. There he is. Eddie Markowski, the pride of Ord with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Yeah, the antlers were nasty, and the antlers, a few of them would, would make their way to the old Devaney Center, and they just... They had intel, and when Nebraska was at the free throw line, they they shared that intel. See, this is in the age before social media too. I feel like that's the way like the, the modern student section gets their intel. They yeah, go, no, they, this they go was to social media, but this was knowing somebody who knows someone. Coach Kaz is next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than twenty dollars can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Tuesday with Kaz, Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, what do you know? Do you got uh, the football blues, brother? There's no football for a while now after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I tell you what, Schmitty, uh, I really after the bowl season, I'm, I don't watch a whole lot of football unless it's somebody I coached or somebody I coached with or have some connection and and even then, I'm not watching a whole lot. So this, uh, uh, respect the hell, the NFL and the players, but NFL just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I can take it or leave it, to be honest with you. So so the season ends uh, for me after uh, after the college bowl season. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I watched it. I mean, I watched it. I watched it. So I think I would have been the next guard in for the Bengals. I think I got a shot to make their <laughs> roster if they keep uh, the same five guys on their old line next year. Well, as a defensive line coach, you had to be loving 
all the heat, the Aaron Donald production as an offensive lineman back at Notre Dame, you're probably like maybe screaming, screaming at the TV based on how those things broke down. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's exactly why you got to have somebody opposite of a stud like Aaron Donald, you know, um, and that's what they went and did in the offseason with Vaughn Miller. And, oh, I mean, they got a kid from South Carolina that's a rookie. Um, I mean, you know, they, they, did, they did a really good job, and that's so critical uh, with the front office there. And, I mean, you just look at the – you look at the, the Rams and – you look at the Bengals, and and uh, you know the. I think the the Rams got a chance with their ownership in their front office to to continue to to stay there, um, or at least compete. You know the Stars mm-hmm. got a line to to get to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. Um, but I mean, you look at the Rams. I think the Rams were 15 mil under cap. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the Bengals are 15 mil under cap. I mean it's. Gosh dang! I mean, they just started to spend a little bit of money, but that's just not a—it's not a franchise that's uh, that understands that it's going to take money to win. So, so hopefully that's not the last you see of Joe Burrow uh, in the Super Bowl. But man, I think it's going to be a lot harder for the Bengals uh, to get there than the Rams. But man, I tell you, they've done—they did a great job in the front office with that defense and putting putting guys uh, around Aaron Donald because. You know, we got a guy like Sue or Donald, and you need you need more than one. You need a guy opposite, and uh, any successful defensive line has has that, and uh, that's what you saw from the Rams. Well, and think about the Rams. I mean, they went all in on a playoff run, what three four years ago? Well, three years ago when they went and got Sue as a free agent to pair with Donald, uh, and I mean they just didn't have the quarterback Stafford. Did enough. Cooper Cup was good. Acres was nice. And the thing about Cincinnati, they have the fourth most amount of money to spend on free agents. I know historically speaking, their franchise, to put it nicely, has been thrifty. <laughs> um, but uh, they, through the draft, they got Chase. They got Burrow. Zach shown them something. And they, they did well with their free agent and kind of building their defense. That's what they invested in this last offseason. But it is just incredibly tough to um, to no doubt get back to the Super Bowl. Rick Kaczynski's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, our parent company, Heard Ad Media, does a, a ton of podcasts. One of the podcasts is Athletes Unfiltered, and that's Adrian Martinez's pod. And, and he had it last year, you know, uh, at Nebraska. Uh, the first a new episode for the new season dropped. And he went into to pretty graphic detail about uh, his his broken jaw, how the news of and we all kind of thought it was busted, you know, just based on what you see. And, and it's not that he was abnormal talking when you'd interview him, but just you just could see, you know, camera shots on the sideline. Right. I mean, it, it, you just knew something was was different after that shot he took against Michigan, Michigan State that. That, uh, that fractured his jaw, and he uh, let loose today just, you know, talking pretty openly and honestly about what he went through with the broken jaw, the fact that, you know, family members, his grandmother had to find out during the, the Big Noon Fox broadcast that, yeah, Adrian's playing with a broken jaw, and uh, then it was kind of let out of the bag, so to speak, after the Ohio State game that, yeah, he does have a broken jaw. 
and uh, just all that all that the guy went through uh, to. To, to play last year for Nebraska to go three and nine, not on him, obviously, all of it on him, uh, obviously. But uh, that's a guy who's putting putting team first, man. Uh, maybe a newfound respect for some or by some Husker fans for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the one thing that people uh, can't question about Adrian is his, is his toughness. Um, you know, the thing about the you know, podcast or or um or guys leaving like and I, you know, I just said it to somebody today we had an employee leave and some people were saying some things about him I said it's real easy to kill the dead you know it's real easy to kill the dead so you know when when you leave when you part ways best thing to for anybody to 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 say is just positive on both sides um you know obviously when you have an injury and, and, and uh, you don't want your family to know. You don't want them to. You, you want to be the one to let them know. But two, any, no matter what the injury is, you're always you're always thinking about your your NFL stock, and you know how people view that on the uh, next level. So I'm sure I'm sure Adrian was thinking about that. But I mean, let's be honest. In this day and age, with social media and the amount of people that are tied to the program now, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you had about nine guys, and that's it. That's who knew what was going on. Knew what was going on. Now you got like three GAs, you got analysts, you got, you know, uh, you know, people who hold the briefcase. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you got these giant staffs, and it's just, it's just impossible for somebody not to say anything. I think to get leaked. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how that got leaked, but uh, or who or who leaked it. But uh, I'm sure multiple people are responsible for that. So I can understand Adrian being a little bit upset about that, uh, you know. But uh, I, I think the people who know football um, respect Adrian and under, understood that uh, you know he's he's a, he's a tough guy. Um, you know, just like everything else in the world, I mean, ninety ninety percent of uh, of the people are the are the are the folks that aren't on message boards and social media complaining and all that. So I think, I think that's the sentiment of, of most of the Husker, Husker fans, at least the ones that I talk to and the people I stay in touch with. And, and that's how Adrian was viewed across the, across the league. You're, you're always going to have the, the vocal minority um, bashing a guy, especially after, after he leaves. But what, you know, but for Adrian say, you know, if I was, if I was giving advice um, to a young guy, you know, hey, when you go, when you leave, just just say say something. Don't 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 open the door for people. Rick Kaczynski is with us. I want to go to Coach Holtz. Did did he instill? I knew, I, I know that he was an incredible and is an incredible motivator. Just seeing some of his speeches and talking to him a few times in my career, just for for events. He'd come to Omaha a handful of times for some fundraising stuff, so he'd get Coach Holtz on the show and a couple of times during college football season when he was with ESPN. But was he just this little fearless guy that folks were scared of, or did guys look at his motivational tactics and respond more times than not? I know it's an individual basis, but let's talk about the persona of Coach Holtz. How you saw him when you came in and you just told us, how you feel about him now, but but how did he kind of rule the roost? What was he like uh, on on the practice field? Well, what he did, he put you in the toughest positions possible. He created adversity. Um, you know, he he kept you on your toes. I mean, he he always he always rode you. 
until he thought that you figured it out. And so you didn't need to be ridden anymore. And, um, you know, so he, he, he really made you uncomfortable. Um, he, he made you understand it was a privilege, not a right to play college football. And especially at a place like, like Notre Dame, I mean, you, you, you had to earn your, you had to earn your stripes and, um, you know, he put pressure on the upperclassmen to put pressure on, on the guys, um, that were just coming into the program. So they understood, so they understood the standard. They understood the, the responsibility. And those were the things that he constantly talked about was, you know, the, the privilege that you had and that how easily he could take it away if you didn't do what you were supposed to, but also the responsibility that, that you have. Um, for the guys that, that came before you and to, to keep that tradition. Um, but, uh, you know, Coach Holtz was all about preparedness. I mean, so, you know, in, in toughness. I mean, gosh, we hit and we were tough. And, um, and man, we got after we got, we got after one another. And, you know, his job was, you know, to, to let us know, hey, man, the game should be easier than practice. So he put pressure on us. He put pressure on us during the week. He was going to test your metal, and um, you know there was nothing, nothing easy about it. There was nothing easy about it, and he got he got after you from start to finish. But he laid those expectations out, and you know what I liked about Coach Holtz was that you know he believed in his method because. He, all you had to do was look at his past. You had to look at his success. And all you had to do was look at these older guys and say, okay, this is why this guy's doing this. Okay, he's, he's on you because he thinks you can be successful. What he's trying to do, he's trying to get you ready. All right, see what you think. It's not when you think you're ready. It's when he thinks you're ready. And um, what I'll say about Coach Oles, once you earned your stripes with him, man, I mean, that, that dude was in your corner. And there's there's no there's no way in hell I would have had the success on the field, and there's no way it, it, no way in hell um, that I would have been able to handle adversity in life if it wasn't for the lessons learned and the people um, that I was surrounded at uh, or by at Notre Dame. I mean, when things hit the fan, you know, I can call Coach Holtz has helped more guys. Out. <laughs> after they're done playing for, uh, for him than, than while they were playing for you. I can promise you that, you know, he's, he's not a guy that's good. Just like coach Osborne, you know, he's not a guy that's going to call the newspaper and, and tell you everything that he's doing for former players. But, uh, you know, what coach, uh, what coach Holtz has done for, for uh, former players and the help that guys like coach Osborne and coach Holtz do for, for guys that earn the stripes under them. It's just, you know, that's, that's the greatest thing about those guys. And unfortunately, I, that, that's a dying breed. Those guys are dinosaurs. I don't, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you have much of that anymore. I think that's gone away. And um, in college football, it's definitely gone away. In NFL football, that's a shame. But, uh, yeah, man, it wasn't a whole lot of fun for me. There wasn't a transfer portal. And uh, even if there was, I don't think my parents would have allowed me to do it. <laughs> 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut pre-teen Swedish boy. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. No, that's that's some good insight on on your time and the uh, the method, right? Getting your getting you to to exhaust every ounce of mental and physical ability uh, yeah. for for Saturday. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say back then. I mean, it, it, no, a transfer was you, it, it was it was almost a failure. I mean, honestly, that's how you were viewed. I mean, transfers had black marks, man. You know, I mean, so, you know, people people weren't taking transfers like they do now, and I know it's a completely different age, you know, but people didn't touch transfers. There's not too many, you know, you look at the, the, the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, you know, I bet you, you might be able to find maybe a handful of, of, of guys who transferred and had successful careers. It's just, it just wasn't something that uh, that happened back then. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, I, I got a uh, quick last thought from you. And uh, Ed Orgeron made the rounds with uh, uh, Super Bowl week and sat down with old Dan Patrick, and he had the whopper of a story trying to get Adrian Peterson's incarcerated father transferred from an Oklahoma prison to L.A. so he could uh, – so we could watch him and they could land Adrian Peterson. You ever heard of anything like that, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, t- I tell you, there was a, there was a lot that went on back in uh, back in the day, which, man, I'm part of back in the day now. That's what's scary. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's, like I told you before, you know, some of the stories <laughs> that Coach Ford tells, you know, about state troopers from Georgia not letting uh, Herschel cross state lines and, um, you know, the things that, I um, mean, you know, that's what South Carolina did for uh, for George Rogers. And George Rogers, an amazing man. I mean, one of the best, I mean, one of the best guys I've ever met in my, in my life. Um, you know, I frequently see George and, uh, you know, um, same thing, you know, his, his old, they, they did some things for his old man. You know, his old man was in prison and, you know, that was one of the things South Carolina, I think South Carolina, you know, they, um, they got his old man to uh, one of his games during his last year here on campus. Um, and I'm sure back then they probably did a few other things before George got to campus. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're dating ourselves, but that old Johnny be good. I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of like that, you know, on signing day, guys would hide guys out, 
Um, I mean, schools would pick people up. They'd pick their girlfriends up, take them to, you know, locations where other coaches, because, you know, you, you, could, you could be in the kid's house on, on signing day back then. So, I mean, they're, they're, it would be really difficult for you to tell me a story in recruiting um, from days past. That would shock me. I mean, it would um, be really difficult. To, to shock me with, with some of the things that went on and, and some of the things that you heard from back then. But uh, so, yeah, but that was pretty funny. I know you played that clip for me um, before the show. That was uh, that was pretty. That's that's classic, you know. And you know, Ed's one of those guys. Same thing, you know. You need Ed Ogeron and in, in, in football, man. You know, I think you need characters you know you need good guys you need you need villains man you need batman robins and you know you need you need some bad guys too you need some jokers and and uh you need some personalities but gosh i mean coaches now are held to a higher standard uh than our uh than our politicians in this day and age so you know that kind of kind of stripped some of the character away from from these coaches man but uh yeah, that would have been a that would have been a hell of a time to be uh, recruiting a coach and and playing back uh, back in the seventies and eighties. Good movie reference, uh, Johnny. Be good. I talked my mother into uh, taking me. Uh, I got uh, a lecture <laughs> on the way home because of the, uh, the the graphic nudity in Johnny. Be good. But it was worth it. Uh, Jennifer Tilly, Uma Thurman, Jim McMahon, Howard Cosell. Good, good poll there, man. On the on the movie reference. Yeah, yeah I tell you, I might have to pull that up here on Sunday night or something. I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was crazy times, man. It was crazy times. So good, good players were making more than uh, than making more than the assistant coaches. I guarantee. Back in the 80s. Well, the old parking lot told the story. <laughs> How much uh, the boosters love yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was so driving I, a better car, the IBAC or the, uh, the the assistant coach? Uh, it, 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 <laughs> hey, it's Let me tell you, the guys who were the worst about it uh, were, 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 the, were the ones that probably talked the most about it. I mean, uh, against it, you know? I mean, sure. So. Some of these guys, oh gosh, some of the biggest, some of the biggest phonies, unbelievable. So, <laughs> guess I know a little bit too much about some of those guys. I won't mention, won't mention any names on here. <laughs> right, that's pretty good. Rick Kaczynski with us. Kaz, have a good rest of your uh, week, man. It was fun to chat and talk some ball. We'll catch up next week. Thanks for the time, man. All right, partner. I'll talk to you, man. Stays with Kaz, Hale Varsity Radio. Good to hear from Kaz and get uh, caught up that way. And <laughs> the Johnny B. Good poll, mid to, to late 80s flick, Anthony Michael Hall. Elijah's staring at me, glazed over with the Johnny B. Good. Take it you haven't seen that. I, uh, I just had to look that it up. That sports flick. Just had to look it up and. Uh... Yeah, no, I actually haven't even heard of it. Good, good cast. The cast looks great. Yeah, it didn't do so well in the box office, but it was, it was solid. <laughs> it, it was a great spoof on the Wild West and rec- <laughs> recruiting in the 80s. 
But, man, back then, I mean, you saw programs absolutely get hammered. A&M, four years probation, two-year TV ban. SMU, of course, they went to the electric chair. Still haven't recovered. Oklahoma, Switzer had to resign. Two-year TV ban, two-year bowl ban. Oklahoma State, two-year TV ban, two-year bowl ban. And that was like on the heels of their their, their 10-2 season in 88. Barry won the Heisman and Hartley Dykes, who was like the second coming of Irving Fryer, credible wide receiver. And uh, who else got in trouble? It seemed like Florida before Spurrier got there. <laughs> Florida would go six and six. Emmett Smith was their running back, and, and they couldn't catch a break. Southwest Conference always in trouble. And then uh, their four power players moved to the Big 12 and took over. Quite interesting. We'll wind out a Tuesday. Tomorrow we are loaded up. Can't wait to talk to Mike Shuhart. Get Shuey's take on the waste management open and beer showers. Boomer Esiason. His thoughts on where the Bengals go next. What's, uh, what's realistic? Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time out of Tuesday, we are off to Lincoln Southwest. They host number two, Lincoln High Southwest, number four. Good stuff today from uh, Coach Kaczynski. We uh, heard from Eddie Markowski, Tim Berta, head coach of Lincoln Southwest Girls, and, of course, Mitch Sherman. We spent a lot of time on Adrian Martinez, his podcast, and uh, that's uh, obviously a Herd at Media production, our, our parent company. They are uh, what we do with Hale Varsity, and uh, good stuff, good listen there. That's been getting lots of run, deservedly so today. Some reality podcasting right there from Adrian, just laying out his time. And uh, I don't know if it changed your mind if you're uh, anti-Adrian, but uh, the kid's been pretty upfront and honest. And obviously, both parties have moved on. Nebraska football, Adrian Martinez down to Kansas State, but. Really good listen there, and uh, good stuff from them. So we got a pretty loaded basketball schedule tonight. We have the local setup with uh, girls hoops, two versus four, probably a PBA preview. You've got uh, Kentucky. They are all the way up to number four. The Cats and Cal have caught fire. They uh, take on Tennessee tonight. 
Uh, and it, it's getting closer to March, man. We are going to be right there. Sparty's been reeling. They're at uh, State Penn, or excuse me, Penn State. Uh, Texas on the road at OU. Wisconsin got s- just slapped by Rutgers. Uh, they're trying to bounce back. Indiana's hunting for a bid. The Minnesota's crawling into Ohio State tonight. Uh, Arkansas, how good was that scene last weekend or last week with uh, the court storming? And I know that cost them a pretty penny down there at Bud Walton Arena. But uh, they derailed Auburn. This time of year is so much fun because you, you ramp up to May to March Madness and the Husker women, Elijah, giving Nebraska fans something to cheer about this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since we've got a chance to – cheer on a Husker basketball team in the uh, the NCAA tournament. It looks like Huskers are on that path, so that makes things a lot more exciting. Uh, when Was the last time when Nebraska played Baylor in the first round of the NCAA tournament, was that the last time either team made the tourney? Uh, I think the, the women... Did they make it one more time after that? They, they, were, they were a two-seed, gosh, I think in 09, mm-hmm. I think. And then Coach Williams... Uh, our old buddy Kent emails in the women projected as a seventh seed in Ames. So that's that's where Nebraska women are at, and, and Markowski nailed it. That six to eight window right now, maybe they can top out as a five, but a lot of work left to do. But, yeah, Kennedy Williams will be a lot of fun to see tonight. Uh, sophomore guard for Southwest. She's incredibly talented, Lincoln High, and – Coach Dominique are, are super good, and uh, we're just pleased as all get out to be able to go cover it tonight here on ESPN Lincoln. Make your appointment tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Hale Varsity Radio. Mike Babcock will be with us. We'll get things kicked off, though. An agent's perspective with NFL prospects. Craig Doman, JoJo's Pops, an agent, going to be with us. And then Boomer Esiason tomorrow. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.